Overdrive. Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that samples and savours the world of cars and transport. I'm David Brown and in this program we have news stories including the coronavirus leads to a parts shortage. And we have an extended chat about some of the car ads shown at the Super Bowl, including Audi's Weird One, Kia's Sentimental One and Genesis' Attempt at Humour. You can find more information at drivenmedia.com.au or previous programs are available as podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Or of course you can go to our Facebook site, Overdrive City. So let's start the program with the news. A number of car companies have had to scale back production because they have not been able to get enough parts from China because of concerns about the coronavirus. Nissan will halt production for two days at its Kyushu plant in Japan, which makes Serena and X-Trail models. Hyundai recently temporarily closed its factories in South Korea, while Fiat Chrysler has said it is considering halting production at one of its European plants. MG, who imports their cars from China to Australia, has said that they are monitoring the situation with a focus on ensuring their people are safe. Hubei, where the coronavirus outbreak first started, is a major transport and car manufacturing hub in central China. Last week, Overdrive discussed the new style of vehicles being produced by independent manufacturers, such as the Los Angeles-based Canoe organisation. Hyundai has just announced that they have engaged Canoe to jointly develop an electric vehicle platform for upcoming Hyundai and Kia models based on Canoe's proprietary skateboard design. The skateboard design is a vehicle-sized base platform on which vehicles, ranging from small electric vehicles to purpose-built vehicles, can be constructed. This builds on the relative simplicity of a powertrain based on battery-powered electric motors. The Hyundai Group has committed to spend the equivalent of 126 billion Australian dollars over the next five years to foster future growth. While SUVs have a softer image than the four-wheel drives they derive from, they are still seen as lacking the dynamic performance that we associate with sedans and hatchbacks. Mazda has just launched in Australia what they define as a crossover vehicle, the CX-30. They said, quote, Where many SUVs may feel cumbersome in tight manoeuvres or corners, the CX-30 offers the practicality of an SUV combined with coupe-like styling and dynamic handling, inspired by its small car sibling, the Mazda 3. The vehicle is slotted between the CX-3 and the CX-5 SUVs and is priced from $30,000 to $43,500 plus on-road costs. Car sales have continued a downward trend for the first month of 2020. Overall sales are down 12.5%. Although January is never a great period on which to judge the future, Audi noted their sales went up nearly 13%. 
and it's all down to their SUVs. Leading the charge was their smallish Q3, and they are introducing some hero models into this line with two powerful derivatives, the all-new RS Q3 and the addition of the first-ever RS Q3 Sportsback. The other interesting feature is that to secure these models, you have to go via the new Audi online reservation platform. A refundable $1,000 reservation fee is required to start the process. Formula One has set an ambitious target. They are aiming to be carbon neutral by 2030. It's not really the fact that a Formula One only gets 75 litres per 100 kilometres or 4 miles per gallon. The issue is that the 22 races this year require large amounts of equipment, cars and people to be shipped around the world, often by aircraft. In 2019, each of the 10 teams notched up an average of 180,000 air kilometres. The plan will only target emissions generated by Formula One businesses and the individual teams who compete, and not the impact of fans who might travel great distances to see a race. And that has been the news. Overdrive. For more information and past programs, go to drivenmedia.com.au. Recently in America, we had their major religious festival, the Super Bowl, which of course has companies advertising. I believe the rate is $5.6 million US, that's $8.3 million Australian, for a 30-second ad. Car companies have been strong participants, uh, maybe not quite so many this year. Is it advertising showing that or sh- is it advertising or showing that you are part of the flock, the congregation, the believers? Now, a prophet isn't one who foretells the inevitable future, but warns of the dangers of the present. To discuss the intent of these ads, I have on the line Paul Morell, ex-advertising executive who has left the dark side and become a respected motoring writer. Paul, is this advertising pushing a product or trying to reinforce a brand? Oh, very much this time, David, trying to reinforce a brand. Uh, car companies have become incredibly um, self-important and self-responsible. So as they try to self-govern themselves, they're trying to get across the message that they're much more much more caring and considerate. Ah, so it's not just you make the decision about this, but we are fitting into the overall zeitgeist of the current environment? Yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty good summary, David. Cars have, have had a bit of bad press lately, and, and of course we're all moving now towards electric vehicles and, and non, non-polluting vehicles. And car companies are, are desperately trying to convince us that they're ahead of the game, whether in fact they are or not. The game is interesting because it, it is a game because there are clearly two sides. Let's talk about one of them. Let's talk about the Audi ad. Now, Audi has been one to address modern issues. Gender equality was one that they tried. 
and spectacularly failed in many ways uh, in previous years, a year or two ago. The ad, very briefly, starts with the grill of an old muscle car. There's a good-looking girl walks purposely past shabby buildings. There's close-up shots of a power plug for an electric car. Very quick shot of the front of an Audi. Then a traffic jam. No more than that. There are cars at all angles at the intersection. She's inside singing and very happy. There's pictures of Audis driving. Other people start singing. Moral at the end. Sustainable future and electric cars. It is, though, a tenuous subject because there is so much for and against in the feelings for whether we need sustainability. It's interesting on a number of levels, David. Um, Audi, in this commercial, it's quite amazing. It sort of feels, it has a feel of like Mad Max Thunderdome about it. These sort of incredibly threatening vehicles, they're all big, they're all ugly, they've got skulls on the front. It's like the future is going to be really ugly unless you're in an Audi. Uh, in which case you'll happily sit there and sing along. <laughs> it really was. I'm glad you told me who the, who the singer was because I didn't recognise her at all. And not being a Game of Thrones fan, I had absolutely no idea who she was, not that it was relevant. And I also didn't realise that, as you pointed out to me, the song came from 2012. So, so much for living in the future. <laughs> it is Maisie Williams who, as a singer, is a great actor. She uh, is in... <laughs> Game of Thrones, yes, uh, I don't know. I'm not really into that sort of uh, stuff. But it is that not to go that way is such a dystopia that they are really pushing the line of we're on the eve of destruction. That's exactly what they're doing. Mm. And yet that is not a popular image in some people's minds. The more conservative people are are saying it's all a hoax. Uh, Do they risk alienating those perhaps with money? Yeah, interesting point. Uh, I think, David, I mean, obviously, if you start from a premise that people agree with, you get people on side. It's a standard standard selling technique, if you like. Get people on side, they start nodding, and they keep on nodding when you start adding money to the price. But in this case, I mean, Audi is obviously clearly talking to the, you know, the environmentally aware people, and I don't think they care about people with money. Mm. It's interesting that, you know, this whole, this whole, as you say, dystopia, but this whole sort of black view of the future and, you know, the, the roads are a battlefield, it's really quite strange. And then you know, Audi are doing all sorts of things that, from a marketing sense, you have to sort of sit there and scratch your head a little. I don't know whether you, you will have seen, in fact, the, uh, the prototype they created, the thing called the AI trail, which was just a whole bunch of really strange, but, uh, but some of them very practical innovations, things like having, um, having headlights on, uh, on drones, for example. So the headlights aren't attached to your vehicle. They're on a drone that flies above you and ahead of you to light the way. Audi is sort of, I don't know where Audi are going with all this stuff. If you look back at things like the Coca-Cola ads where there were young, nubile people playing in the surf with a huge big beach ball with Coca-Cola written on it, of course, it was a get out and enjoy the surroundings. The Audi ad here is to retract to within the cocoon of your car. Yes, indeed. It is that there is this dystopia and it's a horrible place, but this little private world, you might be doing good things for everyone, yet her joy is on her own, away from other people. There is a clear thing of not just seeking enjoyment, but moving away from the problem. 
I think part of that too is that there's there's an attitude, and certainly amongst some of the car industry, there's an attitude that having fun in a car now, in fact, in the public as well, having fun in a car is in fact irresponsible, and therefore we don't want to show people having a good time. So all those all those wonderful shots of you know people pounding over sand dunes in four wheel drives and the images that we 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 remember from car advertising, people driving fast in the country with the hair, wind in their hair, that's now seen as a little old hat, obviously, by Audi anyway. It's no longer a sensible approach to sort of show people having fun in a car. A car's coming back to be a refrigerator or a, or a computer or, a, you know, something that is a tool. We mentioned that she was singing a song from 2012, and the words of that song include things like, don't let me in, let them know let it go, I don't care what they are going to say. This must surely be a upfront kick in the face to those who are going to rant against the sustainability message. Yes, it's a strange thing, isn't it? There's, there's a woman, I mean, supposedly, ostensibly, being responsible, doing the right thing by the world and the environment and whatever, and then she starts throwing out the, I don't care what you think, I don't care what you want to do, I'm doing it my way. Thank God they didn't use Frank Sinatra. It's a mishmash of ideas. And I guess like, like a lot of advertising, you take from it probably what you want to take from it. So if your attitude is that this is the responsible future and they're all, all those other people on the road are out there trying to kill me or destroy the planet, then you'll take that from it. I can't work out quite where, I can't work out what the brief would have been and I can't work out what the rationale for that for that approach would have been. But then, you know, what do I know? I'm only an advertising man. The thing was that she's playing the radio at some stage and you hear the car ad refer to the temperature being 8 degrees above normal. Is this something that is not just to be played at the Super Bowl, but is to be thrown around in social media, perhaps to try and for want of a better word, get the dialogue going? Yeah, exactly. It's a feel-good commercial. It's a commercial design to make you, if you buy an Audi, you feel good about having bought an Audi. It goes back a little bit to that attitude that Skoda might have had or some of the others, that you're you're smarter than the average car buyer and cleverer than the other average car buyer. So it's, it's an interesting approach. Mm, mm. We'll come to a little while later about old money and old cars, old image sorts of cars. Let's talk about sentimentality, the Kia ad. It is a classic American dream of rising above the ashes, I think. Young boy running across a bridge, then through poverty streets, jumping a gate as though it's a barrier to get over, runs past a homeless man. And then this bright, glossy Kia Siltos is driving through the street. Very candy apple green colour. This is a young person's version. There's a voiceover and also an image of the new adult. And he's looking back at what he was when a young fella. It is Josh Jacobs, who is a, a player in the uh, this uh, gridiron stuff, who was at one stage homeless. Right. For those in the know will know that uh, in middle school he was homeless, so they tell me. But of course, the ad has that wonderful pun on the word, the field. He lets him off, the young kid off to go and play football with a helmet on his head, is a proving ground. Give it everything. Yep. Is this American sentimentality in its strongest form? Oh, this is a commercial that could have written itself, David. I mean, you didn't need a copyright for this one. Hmm. Just grab every cliche of American you can 
drag yourself up by your bootstraps approach and, and bang them into a commercial. And of course, what, what higher achievement is there in America than to play in the Super Bowl? So obviously Josh Jacobs was a spot-on choice. They looked up his Wikipedia thing, which wasn't very long and was just full of statistics that you judge a person by the number of yards they have gained or touchdowns they have achieved. Is it helpful that he's Afro-American? Oh, look, I think I think that's very much a part of it. In fact, it's interesting. If you look at a lot of the commercials that were on, there's a lot of Afro-American presence in those commercials now. Mm. I mean, it's a bit like every time you see a commercial in Australia, it's like they've gone to tick off all the tick off all the different racial stereotypes and make sure we've got them all into the commercial. I think America's moved a little bit beyond that, and I don't I don't really think the Afro-American thing was particularly relevant. It's just he mm. happens to be Afro-American, so they've used him, and you know, he's a footballer. It's a strange one that they would use all of that sort of emotion for, as you say, a vehicle that really is designed to be fun. But there we go again with that, oh dear, we can't we can't sell a car on the basis that it's fun to own because that's not responsible. We have to make this a you know a conscious decision and make it look serious and make it look like we're doing all the right things. It's really quite quite. It's obviously infecting American car advertising fairly seriously. I must say, he it's probably that he's Afro-American, just to go back to that point, is that because of their social conditions, it's possibly easier to find one poor fellow with that background who's grown up in poverty, not because it's their fault, but because of their culture. But that's another story. And, it, of course, it is a very bright-coloured thing that goes through the drab streets. It is the juxtaposition of success versus poverty. Isn't it interesting that Kia can now do a commercial that is that is aspirational? That you would, you know, imagine five or ten years ago that anyone would suggest that you would aspire to a Kia um, would have been unimaginable. And yet here we are. The Kia Seltos is something you want to buy because it looks good and it's uh, it's you know it has all all the attributes you want from a car. Not that they tell you very much about the attributes. You get to see it a couple of times, but we're not buying it on any rational basis you're not told any of the details about it this is not a product driven ad of of listing its features as you say but it's very much rags to riches oh totally talking about riches is there the possibility then of moving away from the old guard image of a luxury car the average age of a mercedes owner is racing towards retirement i think isn't it uh, and Genesis, which of course is the luxury arm of Hyundai, are trying to get to young luxury. Let's just describe the ad. People arriving at a super luxury house, big fountain out the front. It's all dressed up, highly cocktail party, party sort of thing with long flowing dresses, pearls and so on. Some are even arriving by a horse and carriage in the royal sense, very elegant. Then they take the Mickey, these two hosts, take the Mickey out of the guests, who are mostly old. They throw away old luxury, and they giving it, they say, a going-away party, even to the point of humour that they reveal the new Genesis, but the reveal doesn't really work very well. As though, I suppose, Paul, that is a huge, great throw-money-at-the-launch thing is not the point. It is smarter use of money? Well, again, it's a strange one. It's a bit, it's a bit like the problem we always had when we wanted to advertise televisions on television. And you try and say, well, this television has a much better picture than your television, but we're showing it to you on your television, so how do we demonstrate that? In this case, you know, they have the same problem. It's like we're throwing out the old luxury, but guess what? 
almost all the, the luxury cliches are still there in the house, in the car, in what she's wearing, in, the, in everything these two do. They haven't moved away from any old luxuries at all. So I don't quite see what young luxury means. She is Chrissy Teigen. I think the pronunciation, the Norwegian background is varied, but I think she's going for the more popular version now. She's married to John Legend, who's also there. Apparently, they are great in the Twitter sphere. She has written a lot of recipe books, I believe, cravings, recipe for all the food you want to eat. They're very popular and that sort of thing. And they try and do this humour. Welcome to all you ladies who are pretending you haven't had cosmetic surgery. It is very in your face to some of the people who may have bought the competitor's product. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. I mean, going back to your point, you, the point you were making about the Audi commercial, it does take the risk of offending the buyers they probably should be appealing to. On the other hand, of course, anyone who's had the sort of facial surgery you see in that commercial would never recognise it anyway. No, 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 I've never had any facial surgery. It doesn't apply to me. But things like old ladies with, with bald cats, and I just, I mean, just throw in every, every sort of, every cliche you can think about them with, you know, the things that we all hate. And yet, again, like it or lump it, that's what these people are aspiring to. I mean, if you, if you aspire to luxury, that's why we still have, you know, chunks of wood in cars that have no need for bits of tree in them anymore at all. You know, we sort of dash across the dashboard with a great lump of metal and then we put in pretend carbon fibre. It's all purely for effect. And now we're saying, oh, yes, but, but new luxury, we don't need all that. Oh, gee, what are we going to do this time? Well, it won't be piano black because we've worn that one out. What else can we put in there to say this is a luxury vehicle? Runs a little bit of a risk. Chrissy Teigen has been a vocal critic of the US president, is that a strong or a weak point? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Throw that one at me from left field, David. I, I don't know. He's such a wonderful man. I mean, surely we wouldn't, we wouldn't dare criticise him, particularly since he's now looking more and more like being president for the next four years. He might get her arrested. You never know. <laughs> All these ads, and in conclusion, are they trailers for social media coverage? Are they things that are meant, for example, the Genesis ad has got great criticism by some who who have condemned the attempted humour, particularly. Is that good? You know, is there no such thing as bad publicity? Is there a trailer for social media? It's very much an indication of where the, the industry is going in the short term and possibly even the long term. We always said with advertising, there are three types of advertising. There's the advertising you see and, and love, which is you know the advertising we all want to create. There's the advertising you see and hate, which gets a lot of flack and criticism. And then there's the vast majority of advertising, which you never see at all. So the fact that we're talking about these three commercials means that at least whether we love them or hate them, they're in that first category, which is far better than the third. Comedy is always a risky thing. You know, what you and I find funny, someone else may not and vice versa. And when you use this sort of approach in advertising, you are taking a risk. And as I said, I think it's car companies are looking more closely at themselves and they're looking more closely at the criticism that they've been, the industry's been getting and trying to respond to that without being too overtly responding to it, if you know what I mean. They just need to, they need to get a message across that we are responsible as an industry, we are, we're, we're aware of the future, we're looking forward, we're taking care of you. Aren't they wonderful people? And now all they can do is half the price of the cars and we'll all be laughing our heads off. It's very much, though, a dangerous area because it, it is a, we have an environment of division 
for every good point you might think, and maybe some of these ads are doing that, it's not so much emphasising your good point, it's condemning the other people's bad points. Yes, it is. It's very difficult because, as you say, if you condemn, if you you do the, the us and them division thing, I can't imagine too many people watching the Audi commercial and saying, oh, I'm one of those people driving a gas-guzzling monster because I don't want to drive a, hmm. an Audi. It's who do they who do they put into the us and them category? You know, we all feel that we're responsible corporate citizens and whatever. I don't quite know how they're taking that approach. I'm not sure we all do. In, well, in America, I mean, there were those who did that, what is it, coal burning, where they purposely make the exhaust on their big diesels <laughs> save up all the pollution and then push it out like it's a steam drain, and they have stickers yep. on the back saying a Prius repellent. Yes. You do run that risk. I wonder if it's not an all-or-nothing approach in some regards, whereas, as you say, some advertising used to be, well, negativity can still be still be good for us. There's no point trying to appeal to those people who are going to have the gas-guzzling yes. six, six and seven and eight-litre trucks. I mean, they're never going to be in the market. So there's, you're not taking any real risk by offending them because you don't care what they do anyway. They, they're just how irrelevant to your market if you're selling uh, environmentally kind vehicles that you can afford to offend them because they're never going to come across. They're never going to change their attitude. So you just say, well, to hell with them. Let's, let's talk to ourselves and, and pat ourselves on the back. And in fact, I can look down on them. Mm, very much so. So it's back to that point of it's not just why my product's good, it's why they're bad. But isn't it interesting to look at three totally different approaches to advertising what are really just cars? Just cars. Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> oh, horror. Well, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. And you, David. And that was Paul Morell, ex-advertising executive, now a promoter of the all that is good as a motoring journalist and writer for an extensive range of publications here on Overdrive. Overdrive, answering your questions across Australia. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Paul Morell and Paul Just for their great help during this program. For more information, go to drivenmedia.com.au or previous programs are available as podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Or you could go to our Facebook site, Overdrive City. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.